Two Locks and a Cox. From Dylan's Radio X. Welcome to episode 14 of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, Dame Sarah Cox of the realm, and the man having the most expensive breakfast in the history of time, Ian Dunstan. And today, on the pitch, extra Chiefs are smashing everyone top of the league. You're having a laugh? No, we're not. We are. Coxie's recollections from the WXV in New Zealand. Off the field. Tribute to Henry Slade. He's done brilliantly 150 league games for the club. I'm certainly proud for him, and I think we should really extol the virtues of that man. And then off the field. Uh, no, not off the field. I've got it wrong, but we're going to go in the bin. Referee abuse. We got there in the end. Shall we start the pod? Yes, we shall. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X. Coxie. Extra Chiefs. Top of the league. Have you any thoughts on that? No, because I've been away and I've got no idea what's going on in the Premier League at the so moment. That, so I can have a chat with Ian, but Ian is dialing in from Glen Eagles. Ian, tell us where you are and what's going on. Um, I'm at Glen Eagles Hotel. It's a big uh, telecoms conference, which I've been very lucky to come to for oh. the last nine years. Are you years. in your caravan? I'm not in my caravan. No, my mo- no. there's no way really he take his caravan to this because this is like the Catalina wine mixer. This is, <laughs> this is, this is like Catalina. Elon Musk is going to this. It's like, it's like everyone in telecoms oh, wow. turns up at Glen Eagles. At Glen Eagles, they have a sausage menu for breakfast. They do, genuinely. They, and it's incredible. <laughs> and I was telling someone a great story about a uh, the most amazing breakfast I've ever had of all time. And then someone said, no, that's not Leaven a reef that has fresh fruit or something. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, but look, Chiefs, let's go back to it. I was lucky enough to no, go to the No, no. I want to stay at Glen Eagles what? for a minute because it's the Catalina oh. wine mixer. You go once a year and I need you to tell us about this because there's a lot of people stop me and say... I want to know about Ian's extravagant lifestyle. Really? It's not extravagant. I'm just very lucky. I don't have a butler like Dame Sarah Cox does or live in a a penthouse. But, um, uh, yeah, it's a big conference. It's up here. Uh, We've got Martin Bayfield uh, talking, uh, I think, at dinner tonight. Shut up. Uh, He's eight grand. Yeah. He is. What? How do you know that? Because I know these things. I check out speakers. He's He's between, like, six to eight grand to speak at your event. Wow. Yeah. He's good. He is good. To be when it fair, comes to speakers, yeah. I would say, uh, having hosted events with lots of speakers, I think Bayfield in the world of rugby is is the man. Yeah. Because yeah. He's t- um, he tells jokes, but he tickles you on the way to the punchline. <laughs> yeah, I want him to tell the story where he's like that, isn't it? Do not send him off. Way Dooley. Yes. yes. Oh, mate, Classic. I've heard a better Way Dooley story. I've heard oh, a better yeah, okay. Way Dooley story. James Weil. So Will Carling comes in. He's the youngster. He's the England captain. And there's, a, there's an older clique of players in the team. So Carling's trying to break them all down. So he says, right, guys, um, we're playing against Australia. I need you to do pen portraits on the guys we're playing against. So he's going around the team. Um, and, and, you know, Jeremy Guskett, this is my opposite man. This is what he does. He's going to try and break on the outside. I've got him covered, so and so forth. Um, and he, he's got uh, Peter Winterbottom. You know, what have you got? Well, it's David Wilson. He's really good over the ball. He's a good jackler. Uh, but I know I'm going to take him out like this. Wade, how about you? Oh, right, hang on. Uh, I'm playing against a man called John Eels. Right, so uh, Wade, what do you know about John Eels? Well, I've read here, hang on, John Eels is an art student. Right, so what? what's that? That's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we want a guy? <laughs> you like that, this don't is, you? This is my type of research. This is. <laughs> That's all I need to know. That's all I. For those that don't know, know, Wade Dooley was six foot eight, England second row, and just used to beat everybody up. And I, I have a, a real love for him because when I was a seventeen-year-old at New Brighton Rugby Club, we signed him as a forty-year-old, and every Tuesday and Thursday night he used to beat me up. True well, story. you probably deserved it. To oh, be fair. completely. I always deserve it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, now now we've now we've done the the icebreaker. We brought Coxie back. Are you awake yet, Coxie? No, not at all. What time is it for you now? Uh, well, I am awake. Supposedly, it's half past eight in New Zealand. In so that's New like Zealand. half half eight in the evening. Yeah. Or uh, no, actually, I think it's half past nine in the evening. Right. Um, so yeah, and then now, this on, morning. Coxie. There's the rule when you move to places, you have to go to the time zone straight away and don't don't pretend you're not. Well, I can't. I can't pretend like when I'm awake at five forty-five in the morning. Yeah, and um, it's it's pretty. Brutal. And yet you were late for this podcast. Brad, the rugby god, uh, is so you angry start, at your tardiness don't today. Don't you start? <laughs> you think you come in here with a face like a smacked ass because you got told off half for being an hour late. late. Half I'm an hour late. I'm going to come in on this half an hour late. Hang on, Brad, the rugby god. <gasps> Brad has spoken Brad on my microphone. Wow, this is it's taken 13 episodes. We've got him on. <laughs> so He's now just, spoken. Yeah, we, we could we could add in the bin the traffic on Ryden Lane. We'll add in no the bin cares. Chris being late to the podcast and, and, yeah. and the traffic on Ryden. Do you know what his excuses are? I haven't commuted for the last eight years. I haven't. I opted out. I, I live off the branch now. No, because you're p- 
poor timing this morning because you decided to move a load of logs rather than get in the car and, and yeah, tackle I did. the I traffic. Moved, just, I moved a ton of logs seven this morning in the pouring rain. I looked so much. I was gen- Why? In my head, I, I had, um, it was Sydney. So, Mad Joe, he's got to be. So he's muted me. Don't mute me. That was a really good song. <laughs> had that in the rain and I looked like really cool. All right. So, let's get to it. Extra Chiefs, top of the league. Oh, Ian, did I thought you, see you were going to talk no, about my oh, no. jet lag again. We'll come back to your jet lag in a minute. Ian, did you see the game? I did. I was lucky enough to go uh, and uh, and know the game really well because I had work to do on Sunday evening. I only had like two pints of Guinness and that was it. So I remember everything and it was uh, it was amazing. I was surprised when we talk about Henry Slagner's 150th game. Uh, he chose not to run out first. He, I was saying, oh, Henry will come out first and uh, and he didn't. Um, uh, and I kind of guess that was, you know, his sort of attitude that, yes, it was a great milestone for him, but it, it, it was a stat and the more important thing was winning the game rather than celebrating his accolade. And I guess he, he I hope he did it properly and uh, afterwards. So, um, I saw him on, yeah. um, I saw him on Monday at, uh, he was looking, he was going out with his missus for a bit of food. So he was, he was, he was chilling out on the Monday, but I, I gave him another cuddle as well. I texted him after the game. Um, cause 150, well, let's get to 150 later. Let's talk about Chiefs because Chiefs have absolutely battered Sale, battered Saracens, bar a few loose passes, could have beat Quinns, but Bristol was a proper premiership game of rugby. Bristol came stacked and Chiefs fronted up and did what Chiefs do. I really enjoyed it. I, I loved it. And, um, it's the, <laughs> do you know, we're, we're playing a really different game, but what we're managing to do is, is we're playing it from our scrum. A scrum, which was our absolute weakness for the last few years. I don't know how, I think we were almost statistically, or we, the Chiefs, were the statistically one of the worst scrummaging sides. And then everyone knew that. So Coxie's you are always looking for it. Mm. Uh, and then all of a sudden we've got the, you know, the, the, the strength from this scrum and it's transformed the game because the, 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 the backs have got something amazing to play off of. And our um, pick and go's gone back to where it was. So this time where the laws were slightly changed and slightly reapplied to stop this pre-latch and all, all of that, the, the real strength of Chiefs going over the line, pick and go, pick and go. And then they were varying it in that game where it was a pick and go from the base or they were lifting it to one up and Bristol didn't know how to react because yeah, one they, minute... They, they, were, they were getting the beyond... It's getting beyond the garden plug, isn't it? So they're, they're, they're moving... Yeah, so the guard either... was there one go. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one, they wouldn't lift it and go straight into the guard. They'd lift it up for the next man out. Um, uh, and Bristol really struggle with that and that was just great to see but they also they've also seemed to be pushing just a little bit more laterally on the picks so I noticed a lot of them are dropping the inside shoulder and really heading on outward curve so guard and plug are sort of knocking you on and then and then your support man's bashing you straight on like the third defender which is a which is a much harder thing to stop it's hard to do but Ethan Roots especially is very good at Russ Toomey scored a try from it um, they're sort of aiming to get across rather than any forward motion at all. And then with pace, it's very difficult for a defender to get them if they can then straighten it up when they're three or four yards from the side of the rock. It's very technical. I enjoy it. Yeah, well, that, and that's it, isn't it? It's that outside shoulder so that you, you don't have a strength to sort of straighten into something. You hit that outside shoulder and it's a much weaker part. And then what about the uh, the new Sam Simmons at eight? Ross Vincent. Yeah, I thought. Well, I to be honest with you, I thought of the back rowers. He was probably the. I mean, he, look, he's the one with a mega future, and he is gas. Like, there's no doubt. I thought he was quiet on Saturday, Sunday. I, yeah, yeah. Look, he, he was quieter than he was, but you've still got that explosive um, acceleration, which any back row is scared of. So all of a sudden, you've got this threat of a scrum that's strong. You've got an eight that can pick. And you've got a seven who might not be as pushing as hard as he can because he's, you know, being a pigeon and cooing around the edge of the scrum so that he doesn't get uh, shown up by this eight. Mm. So although he was quiet, it's the threat that he poses that they have to nullify. Oh, yeah. Well, but this this, this all comes down to it. Once you've got a tight head that can, that can genuinely scrummage. And I think I think the other one, I'll, I'll, give, him, I'll give him his props. I think Josh Yosefa Scott's come on because um, Rob's got, We've now got Painter and Scott, who are just too ginormous. If if they slim down, they could play in the second row. They're like they're six foot four. They're massive. Um, and then and then on the flip, still to come back, you got Marcus Street, who more is very technically astute, but is not anywhere near the bulk of those two men. So it's going to be interesting to see how Marcus comes back as well. I'm really keen to see that the, the the tight heads all start to to develop. And I think moving Russ Tumia to the right side of the scrum uh, as a lock because he's a big kid. Um, and I think I think they've been battling for a few years to try and get him to get to get himself in shape, uh, and I think they've just accepted he's gonna he's always going to carry a little bit of um, tub on him, but he's got 
all of the skills and if you put 130 kilo six foot seven second row in there that right side of the scrum is pretty solid uh, and, 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 and I was in the chief suite after and Ali said exactly that um uh, he said that it's great to have Russ Tuima in there and he's got himself into the best shape he's been and that was down to his hard work so what you've said there is spot on that I don't think they feel he's been fit enough up, up until now especially to play six or eight which is what he wanted to play yeah but Chiefs so, back rowers are always hugely athletic and Russ is, is athletic but he's carrying the weight which means he can't do it over a period of time whereas in the second row he can just throw himself about and he's got an unbelievable set of mitts on him he can offload and do stuff that uh, he's got more dummies than a millionaire's baby as they'd say in Australia all the things that you could never do then correct well I used to fantasise that I could and then just get it wrong well yeah you just used to throw your body weight around <laughs> and that did. was it yeah I could smash things but offload I used to think I had all the offloads and genuinely had none <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob would sit me down like Chris what are you doing there so I thought it was yeah. on Rob he thought he's Sonny Bill Williams <laughs> out, out throwing the little out, out the back yeah. doors oh dear yeah. me that's so true and then Daffy Jenkins came on holy guacamole he's big like it was, I was because I was watching um, from behind the posts, and you're looking at them, and Lewis Pearson. I'm still, I'm a massive fan of Lewis Pearson. I think he's going to play a lot of games for the Chiefs. He's doing well. Um, but Daft comes on, and you go, that's an international second row. Yeah, like he's just, and and you're looking at him. He's still a boy. He's still 2021. 20, he's still going to put another. He's going to lose a bit of puppy fat. He's going to put another six or seven kilos of muscle mass on, especially on his upper body. But he's got some. He's got big legs on him. Him and and, and um, Hawkins as well. Hawkins has got set of quads and a bum on him like nobody's business. Again, their the, the lower leg conditioning is mega. Again, all the things that you never used to have for the right Mate, reasons. I've got quads. Call me Quadzilla. No one has got lower legs like Christopher's tree trunks. I Correct. Mean, they really are. I your, am your, Johnny your Kebab legs. Where do you come up with this stuff? It's true. Look at them. Gen- look, look at it. It's like no, a kebab. I have. I've actually. That I, is literally like a kebab. Whilst Ian was talking, I was looking at you. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you were. You look like an absolute bag of shit today. Coxie, you need Brad time check that. Coxie just sworn at me. Honestly, what? I was looking at. I, I don't know what's happened. That's to the same time in ten minutes. So these Isn't shoes, it? Sorry. these shoes I got from Vinted for like yeah, a fiver, and, yeah, and, I know and you... the, the heels have broken. So I've put I've put some zinc oxide tape that I had from Chiefs in the That's heels. That's what it is. That's what I'm looking uh, at. Then you got bobbles all over your socks. Your Chiefs uh, uh, shorts no, that these, you've had for about ten years. No, these are Plymouth Albion shorts. Thank you. Oh yeah. You, the I'm bit wearing... that's getting me is uh, the holes in your jumper. Why? You look like you've like you've this is my a couple of moths in you. This is my weightlifting jumper. I feel much. I was in. The I was. Coxie has come back with a large dose of just pure honesty. Have no, sorry. The, the, the small <laughs> I've amount of filter that, that Sarah had before was like gone. Yeah, I've gone Chris, for the jugular like this morning. Oh, I? Yeah, right, we have. This is this isn't <laughs> two locks and a cox talking fashion. This is extra cheese battering. Well, it's a good job we're not talking fashion because you're you're okay, definitely so, not in that. Right. So ret- returning back to the plot. Bristol scored three tries. All of them were exploiting a slight creak in the Chiefs' defence. Was it a, was it a creak or were they not letting them through the centre and they were giving yeah, them the outside Chiefs, Chiefs if got, they didn't uh, spot it? Chiefs, Omar, I can't say his surname, the defence coach, he's a South African boy and he's obviously very similar s- system to the South Africans. The Chiefs are flying off the line. If you watch the defence and if you're going to fly up like that, it means that your outside centre and wingers have got to jam in, which means your sweepers have got to get round on the pendulum. And um, Callum Sheedy picked us off three times with clever kicks because all three, you might have. Have you noticed this though? What? Have you noticed? The lines are just flying. Firstly, and secondly, the crossfield kicks. Mm -hmm. So Finn Russell doing his, the the Marcus Smith crossfield kick. Oh, wow. Have you seen that? Yeah. Have you seen that? In motion. To, ca- to catch a ball in motion like that, Tyrone Green. Unbelievable. And an interesting factoid, Tyrone Green played against Chiefs already this year for London Scottish. Did he? I did believe he that? did, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. They it's, do it's, have an affiliation yeah, with but them. No, they don't have an affiliation. They have a foot on the throat of them and it's ridiculous and, and it should stop. And, oh, and God, we're going to open this up, have got aren't 150 we? years of history, and the fact that they've given up all of their, their their autonomy over their rugby club so that Harlequins can put players in and take them out as and when they need them to get rugby is ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. I'm not a fan of it. Okay, well, we're not going to open not Pandora's open on that. box but on that one. The, uh, let me take you back in time, because I always like to refer to me. Um, we were in the Prem, and Rob Baxter said to me, Chris, you're making your tackles, but I want you to miss more tackles. And I said, why is that? And he said, because I need you off the line faster. 
you've got to get off the line. You've got to put pressure on the defence. And and I'm giving you the freedom to miss tackles. And and he, he gave me the stat. Moritz Botha, who was playing for Saracens at the time, had the most big hits, but the most missed tackles because you fly up off the line. You put pressure on the the attack. And the Chiefs are doing that. They're absolutely... If you watch the Chiefs, they are flying off, which means that teams have either got to stack their attack deeper or they've got to really force their skills. And if you've got to fly in defence like that, you've either got to batter through it or get round it. And the way to get round it is kicking. And they found three occasions where the system wasn't quite right because um, the winger every time ran in unopposed. There was, there was one where there was a bit of a mishap, but two of them, it was literally unopposed. Um, or should we say actually? You shouldn't say literally. Should you say actually unopposed? Um, and 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 so the Chiefs created their scores, whereas Bristol sort of exposed a little chink. Capitalised, yeah. So I was so for me it was it was a miles bigger win than it than, than than it actually was. Chiefs battered Bristol as well. So that's three teams we've battered at Sandy Park, which incidentally Chiefs have not lost that um, for over a year now. Yeah, but we're very early on in the season, so you've got to give it a chance to get going. But they've got the mo. They've got the. You say it's early on. We're nearly a quarter of the way through the season. We're one fifth of the way through the Premiership season, and next week we're a quarter of the way through the Premiership season, and we're going to beat Northampton at Northampton. <laughs> big, big. Yeah. I, I, and then starts, so uh, these teams <clears throat> start losing their their, you know, England and international players again. Yeah, isn't it something like 80, 80 something days until the Six Nations starts? And there's going to be, um, we'll, well, we'll lose our Welsh players. And there's England Day now. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. So I would imagine Frosty and um, Russell go off with England Day. What do you think of that? What do you think of, of England Day bringing uh, England Day back, which th- are not called the Saxons anymore? I think I think it's um, I think it's magnificent, and I think it's it's a great shout. And the fact they're playing Portugal makes it even better. Because everyone was gushing about, well, Portugal aren't going to have a game now for five years with the new World League. Well, now they have. They've got England Day. Yeah. And, and I think that it will inspire. Uh, the, the, the key thing is that um, Welford Road sells out and it becomes a profitable venture. And if, if we can say England can put together an A-team, excuse me, and they can play against your Portugals, your Georgias, your Spains, um, your Chiles, and actually play against the, the, the tier two nations, we don't like to say, and give them proper games, but fill out stadiums and make it work. What's not to like about that? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a very good move. Um, and it's I think almost it's... like they are if you listened. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe they did. It's a big Who step, knows? though, but, but wasn't it? Our, our good friend Rob Kitson said, you know, it was, it was amazing, Portugal in, the, uh, in Marseille and, and the other places where he was, how much they were celebrating it, and he felt a little bit sad inside that Portugal's next big game wasn't going to be for a really long time. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're involved in this uh, in this England Day setup and playing against that. So, you know, that is going to be is going to be good. And they travelled really well, didn't they? The Portuguese just uh, absolutely love this new fame for their country and mm. another sport. The, the, pro- the problem is this could hamper the Exeter Chiefs because with a very young team, the England A team is invariably a young setup. They bring young developing players. It could hurt us a bit later in the season. Well, could it hurt every Premiership side, though? It could hurt every Premiership side, but Chiefs especially have gone on the record of saying, we're pushing youth, we're pushing the talent. And there is a lot of young lads that are stepping up and doing well. I mean, Aaron Paint is another one. He could probably get yeah. caught. And all of a sudden, we could lose quite a fair few of our squad. Well, yeah, if you look at Saracens as well, they lost a large proportion of their team over to the England squad in in the World Cup. Are we going to end up losing more people and having a bigger impact on the Premiership, though? Because yeah, that's, that's it's another... a valid point. You could... You could delegitimize the competition because are you going to take championship players mm. into England A there potentially are going to be a couple that you'll you'll bounce between the two but are you ultimately going to end up no, England A is going from the Prem you're taking players from the Prem there's yeah. no, you ain't going to have anyone from champ. You, you might have a might, couple might, of they fringe might, they might pick one or two players from Ealing to try and pretend that they're showing <sighs> deference to, 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 to championship but I doubt it well, either, either way, if you take a couple, all right, we'll call it a couple of fringe players that Token. are coming through. They might through. just go, oh, look, we're looking at Why Premiership Why are you too. so negative? I'm not negative. You Mate, are. I, I've been abused all morning. You have, yeah, and you deservedly so. Um, but are you going to end up having to play these England A games in windows where the Premiership is not operating? Because ultimately, are you going to have the pool of players realistically to keep the quality of Premiership rugby going at the same well, yeah, time when you lose? You, you see, Lewis Ludlam and um, Carl Sinclair have both signed for Toulon. Oh, I didn't see that. No, yeah, they've I didn't done know. three-year deals as of next. So they're finishing this season, then they're off. And and this is the the talent. The talent will. And and if you look at it, they're your prime example of players that are on the cusp of an international cap. 
or, or being start. They're on the cusp of being in this team. They might or might not be in the team. What Sinclair? Sinclair. If everyone's fit, because Will Stewart had a few tests and Dan Cole and 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 Sinclair's now a bit older, so that they might be bringing the next lot through. So he sat there going, "Well, do I want to fight like Sin to hopefully make the England squad, or do I get my England money by going off to Toulon?" Well, that's yeah, and that's the interesting this is, point. This, but it's guys that are on Ludlam's a prime example. He's in the England squads, but he doesn't really play. Yeah. So does he? confirm he gets his money in Toulon or does yeah. he stay in England and hope he gets it and, and yeah. this is for me I think let all these players go and then let's figure out where we're at well, is that, that, don't compete on price but is that the, po- the point of the central contracts and the idea of the central contracts is to stop that type of thing happening mm-hmm. and so you've got more control over the over the players more control over the league structure and then yeah, see, ultimately the movement but see, of I, these- I think just pay less just pay less so the central contracts, which we've heard nothing about, uh, about whatsoever since they announced it, and they announced it after we just lost the first five games, Borswick had been involved, and now he's actually got us to third in the uh, in the World Cup. It's uh, the central contracts have gone quiet again. So I told you it was they were releasing news to soften the blow of potentially going to France in a World Cup and it being terrible. Well, it wasn't bad. He came out all right, didn't he, in the end? Like, well, fair he, play did. To him. he did, but, but it, was, it was a game plan you couldn't get behind, wasn't it? It was just dull. Yeah, and I think that's where rugby is a little bit at the moment. That's where, where it's nice in the women's game. There's there's less kicking. There's more movement oh, of rugby. Oh, my God, this is the perfect segue across to the is it? You like that, didn't well you? Done, you like that, didn't you? <laughs> Watch me go. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> so come on then, Cox. WXV. WXV. Reflections from New Zealand. What a New great, Zealand, as what they say in a great new competition. Can we just can we just like roll back a little bit? I had a bit of a geography <laughs> lesson, didn't I, with you? Yes. On the phone. Oh wow, Coxie thought that Wellington was in the South I Island. I did, I did. And then I was so convinced and I drove this this argument so hard to Chris, I then had to go and check and I was completely wrong. Uh, and I couldn't work out why. We started in the North Island, went down to the South Island and then came back up to the North Island again. Mm. But here we are. Um, we went down to Dunedin. They've got an indoor stadium. Yep. Unbelievable. It's like it's like a greenhouse but with airflow. Wow. And less like there's Student less humidity. City Dunedin as well as a real buzz about the place in there. Yeah, I, I like. Quite I'm Scottish. Really, yes, yes, very Scottish. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. The the state. I, I just I got to go back to the stadium because I feel that this would solve a lot of English rugby's problems with pitches if you just put it indoors. Because also it's real grass. Because the sun can get through the roof. Mm-hmm. It just protects from the, the, the volume of rain that they get, which is like here. Surely Bath would benefit from something like that. Yeah, but no. But Considering their poor pitch at the moment and the disease they've got in the grass. But, but I. This is right. This is the perennial challenge. You can't tell me that there were not points where you stood there in the howling wind, the rain sheeting from left to right, and not said to me, I'd rather be inside in the warm. That's what makes Rugby Union so very special, the character building. Because you're right, there were times where you're like, I don't want to be here, but then when you've done it, you go, how good was that? And when you've got the, chil- you the chillblains and, you, and you're in the shower and you can't feel your fingers and your toes, and whether you've won or lost, you're like, we just did that. <laughs> and then you've got something to talk about. And, and and that's what is rugby union for? What purpose does it serve? Is it there to make money? In which case we want to put on the best the best exhibition possible and we want to play it in these gilded stadiums. Or is rugby union just something magical and Corinthian and we play it because we love it? In which case let the let the let pitches the elements, be muddy. Yeah. Let the elements be a part of it. <laughs> let it let it be this full three sixty game whereby you've got to be good for the dry tracks in the summer and the dry tracks at the end of the get at the end of the season. But through the you you, you get the fast lads and they run round and you go, Don't worry, son, I'll see you. In, I'll see you in January, and oh, you yeah. and, and, and this is the whole. That's what makes rugby union so special to me. That you 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 can have masters of the dry, and you can have brilliant exponents. Of the, well, no, I, you it's know, interesting you say this. It's in, I, it was everyone. We're not so, talking about you now. You're going but, off onto some but, but, sort but of. But everybody had to slow down. Everybody, you can't step as well on a muddy pitch. So it suddenly no, comes can't. down, like who's the biggest? Talk, who's talking, run the hardest? talking of which, back to New Zealand. Back Sorry, to New Cox. Zealand. So Dunedin um, with the indoor pitch was fantastic. We saw Australia topple France, mm-hmm. which is a big but one for them. Do the Australians wear shorter shorts? I've no is idea. It, I don't I think I've ever noticed. They genuinely because I think they've got actually tailored shorts for for women because it looks like some of the teams still wear men's shorts that just don't fit, and then the Australians they all have very short shorts. I think I think a volume I'm of the teams now. I think the volume of the teams now have women's women's, women's shorts. tailored kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Right. 
uh, and my shorts are down to my knees and I'm quite tall. <laughs> <laughs> honestly you should see the, you should see the training shorts that we got they're like basketball shorts honestly the girls refuse to wear them I love them I think they're brilliant and then I wear Do my long socks as well <laughs> uh, yeah no no we have to have pockets and some yeah, of the shorts have zips choices. on the pockets no why would you oh, have they're zips? the best shorts ever so I've got some favorite pair of shorts for stuff our, our Mako zipped pocket uh shorts because you can put like your, your cards in there and things, and they don't bounce out. And like you can put like a you know. Ian, some you don't run fast pocket. enough for your cards to bounce out of your pockets. <laughs> I have never. No, had but when that. his darbs flapping around, it might <laughs> knock them out. You know. So anyway, we're going back. We're going back to uh, WXV. Yeah. What a fantastic like structure of competition! It was brilliant. It was really well done with um, venues. Mm. Little bit, li- little bit lacking on the old crowd and a little uh, bit of atmosphere at times. schedule but, is WXV run by the same people that run the World Cup? Ah, uh, no, because they're like two set, but they sort of are so, and so, sort of not. So why on earth schedule it to play during the final stages of the Men's World Cup? I, yeah, but that's only going to happen once. Right. So you got to you got to give it a bit of time. It it has to sit in the window. I, I think so, it's a, I think it's a concept. Brilliant. Brilliant. But putting it toe to toe, and again, this is my issue with the people that put rugby together all at once. You had the top fourteen, the Premiership. Um, the Men's World Cup final, the WXV, all at once, and um, the Premier 15. So you've got all these elite yeah. competitions yeah. all running at once. Yeah, It's very difficult. And and this is why I think that the crowds were down, is because they're competing with everything else. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of stealing. And what you want to have is, 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 this, is this lovely piece of a lovely piece where, right, this competition's going on. Brilliant, I've enjoyed that. Oh, hang on, there's another competition. Yeah. Oh, hang on, there's another... Co- well, that's so- where, the, that's where the, the world calendar comes in and yeah. them trying to align it all. But there's, there's so many pieces and cogs that have got to turn at the same time. Mm-hmm. But- you know how hard it was to find an ITVX? It was really difficult. Um, it, it was a real shame that ITVX took it the way they did because to try and log on to it and you logged into X and then you had to go through to sport then you had to scroll down to find the games was 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 hard work and it wouldn't have been something that oh you logged on and saw on the screen oh look there's a, a, a WXV on I'll watch a game I had to go and look for it and find it to actually open it up and, God, uh, like, and watch the game that's like using an app to check the traffic isn't it Ian it's really difficult no, we, but, should do, we should do one of those but back to the plot yeah, New so- Zealand in New Zealand and lost twice I, I know I, I interesting I think it was some records being set in straight mm-hmm. um, I think it was some teams sort of beating their chest a little bit um, I think for Australia it was fantastic to see them sort of come Wait, that, up through the Australian tight when she scored that try against Wales unbelievable Oof. Unbelievable. She was a big bertha. She ran through a few people. Well, yeah, look, Although technically the Welsh winger did sort of go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> But then if you've got like a 16-stone woman coming I can't say you. I was paying that much attention. I was, oh, well, I was I watching my touchline, I was. Right. Um, no, so I think as a concept and as a competition, I think this has got some real sort of legs to it, if you like. Um, I think when they start moving it around as well into different countries, I think it's going to really sort of throw the women's game into I'm, I'm, I'm a massive the limelight. Fan. Rather than go, what do the men do? Let's do it. They've gone, right, here is a competition that we like and we're going to do this. And it's a showpiece across the whole of the world, all at once, all the different tiers, strong. Yeah, no, it was, it was. And I think the setup of it, they they did put some time and effort into the actual stadiums themselves, which worked really well. Um, I think the the quality of rugby that was being played out there was great. It was great to see the the sort of movement of of teams as well because there there was a certain expectation I would say that that your top four teams were were probably going to look like England, New Zealand, France, and then Canada, but it actually turned out completely differently. So you got your England that finished first, which they got the the full sweep of everything, um, and looked really good. They they've got a different game plan now, and they they look really confident with that they look like they want to change some things up and then you you had until the final game which was up between Canada and France to to put them into to their standings which then meant that Canada finished second which I think is huge for them mate Tyson Bukaboo huge for them she's my girl uh, yeah well they come second yeah. they have probably got 
the least amount of funding mm-hmm. um but they go out there they repeat and do they play the the bougie rugby that that some other teams play probably not but they find no, a way canadians are tough they, they are phenomenal athletes phenomenal athletes and then you, you got... just explain what bougie means for our older listeners i only know what it means because my children say it oh god how do you explain bougie um <laughs> well you like, use the word yeah i just fancy. pretend that i knew what you're on about fancy um, and then you got you got Australia that finished third, which probably going into that, the the standards were going to look slightly different. So I, th- I think... Oh, so New, Ze- New Zealand came fourth? So New Zealand came fourth. Shut the front gate. I've shut the front at their, gate. At, uh, at their home tournament? At their home tournament. Wow, yep. with Ruby Tui being amazing. Correct, yeah. Yep. She still made the dream team, though. Oh, always, huh. always. Um, and then looking at WXV2, so that was down there in South Africa. Oh. Again, a very good competition. Um, but I tell you what's quite interesting, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this point, but all top three teams come from the Northern Hemisphere in the Six Nations. So mm-hmm. you had England finish first in WXV1, mm-hmm. WXV2 was Scotland, and WX3 was Ireland. Yeah, but Ireland shouldn't have been in the third tier, though, really. I mean, they've had a, they've had a budget but funding cut, but they got a few few bits yeah, and bobs going a few on in the background. In the Irish rugby, yeah, yeah, still, that's, and, and we're with, not going to open Pandora's box. But the changeover with Nusifora into uh, Humphreys taking over the yeah. performance director things might yeah. change that. Yeah, exactly. And then in WXV two, your second in line was mm. another Six Nations team, mm-hmm. which was Italy. So it's interesting that you've got all of that happen in these these competitions where we've probably got an extra competition in the north at the moment so by combining these three and then bringing more teams in Mm -hmm. hopefully that gap starts to close but for the next couple of years no one moves into they all stay within their pools um i think xv2 and three they can move about yeah but one is fixed for for at least a couple of years which again i think is really important so that you can have the movement of teams mm-hmm. and close the gap mm-hmm. because they're getting used to playing regularly with each yeah. other so we've got pack 4 now we've got wxv we've got six nations we've got friendlies happening that mm-hmm. are lots of different teams are supporting you've got all sorts of different games now that even three years ago, we didn't have. Yep. So the whole thing is moving in the perfect direction at but the, the moment. But the, the big challenge is how it all gets paid for. And we saw recently Worcester Women, the man that was funding it, said it just doesn't work. So how, He was paying, how, what, a million pound a, million a year? Pound, but this is the challenge, is taking women's rugby from... from and this is, you know, some of the girls are signing contracts saying they're volunteering their time because the, the remuneration they receive is just not... Oh. a living wage so oh, it's no, how it's are you going to make that step from really really keen willing volunteers into professional athletes yeah and I, I think it is in that transition period at the moment I think yeah. PWR that, that plays a massive part in all of this mm-hmm. I think without that league you don't get quality rugby in quite the same way I think the French league is playing an equally very big part because you're getting again lots of players moving out there French speaking Canadians are going out there as well (laughs) Um, and then you're also getting Six Nations teams the Italians coming into the PWR as well they're moving into the French leagues as well so you're getting this quality of rugby and movement around Mm -hmm. We do have to understand that this has got to be funded somewhere. And at the moment, it probably doesn't do that it, itself. So it does rely on the men's game. And so we, I think, are in a position where we have to understand that men's rugby is the facilitator at the moment. But what we're doing is, is then allowing the women's game to develop its own brand. You put the rocket fuel in it. Yeah, but I think exactly. one, of, so one of the points you made earlier was that the attendance wasn't so clever in New Zealand. If you like women's rugby and you want to be a part of it, the extra Chiefs women, when they're playing at Sandy Park, get down there. Yeah, the tickets 100%. are a hell of a lot cheaper than they are for the men's rugby, and and it's the same for the men's. There was there was I mean I was I was it was a Sunday game, but just showing nine thousand for Bristol, more and I, it is expensive. Chiefs is expensive, but people have got to start making decisions if they want to see Chiefs in a few years' time. You need to go and see that team play. Yeah, hundred percent, and I think it's the same as well with any of the the women's game and the the PWR stuff and the internationals that are moving around at the moment. I think 2025 World Cup in England is going to blow every World Cup out of the water. I think it's going... Strong words, Honestly, I'm I'm back in this. Not not just because it's a home World Cup, but I'm back in the fact that we have the support. You could be like Wayne Barnes. You'll be there going to hope England... (laughs) The the thing that's going to kill you is England England are the full-time team. You're going to want England to get knocked out in the semis Uh. and get the final. (laughs) 
which is probably not likely at the well, moment. You never know. It's no, not no, likely. I mean, they're battering everyone. They need to get three people sent well. off now, don't they? Yeah, they are doing very well. Um, but I do, I do think WXV is going to start closing that gap on people. Um, and I think you're you're going to see teams that are going to get stronger and stronger and start nipping at the heels, um, which I think is going to be Are there any other, other women's teams full-time pro? Or is it just the English? Yeah, the no, moment? there's a few of them. Um, the Welsh at the moment, they've they've recently they've, gone. They've gone yeah. 22, haven't they? Yeah, um, Scotland, I believe. Right. I think some of the Irish are as well. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of teams that are... the are, Kiwis pro or are they...? Uh, I think they are now, yes. Right. They weren't in the lead-up to and the, the World And the French Cup. must be now. Yeah, yeah. So we're now starting to get a few professional... Because it, it was a bit embarrassing because England were like full-time pro and it was like, oh, they've won again. It's like, well, of course they're going in. Well, yeah, exactly. And they've, they've probably now, got the they biggest get, budget as yeah, well. So yeah. we've, we've got to understand that there's... You know, when you come from a, a nation that's got and enough money behind it, you're yeah. probably going to be right. quite successful. Tour so. tales, Coxie. Have you got any bands here from tour? Is tour there, is tales? There any, is there any good um, tour? That you can any... mention, yeah. That I can mention. Um, Did you go whale watching in Kaikoura? No. We didn't do a lot. We had Did such Did you go to the Marlborough Sounds? No. Oh, my gosh. No. I, we're Did not... you have fush and chops? Uh, yes. That's what they call it in New Zealand. Fosh and chops. Yeah. Did you have a steak and cheese pie? Yes. Ha, mate, somebody tried to bring the New Zealand pie company to the UK and it didn't take off. And I cut, you have a steak pie, but then they put a bit of cheese above the top pastry. It's yeah. unreal. Oh, I just steak and cheese elbow. pies, they're well fit. They are. They are. But, Did uh, you have LMP? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, and Whitaker's chocolate, yeah, yeah. oh, unbelievable. And some Tim Tams. Yes, Tim Tams, where you bite the ends off, That's and then, the yeah, 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 yeah. I live yeah. at Brad, Brad the Rugby Club. Did you just refer to a steak pie as fit? What? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's okay to do that. <laughs> Brad's what? got... It's not the kind of word I'd use for it. Um, yeah, but you don't understand. I have, like, an, ero- an, emo- an erotic relationship right. with food. You do. It's <laughs> terrible. I'm going to move you on, because you're talking about food, and I'm really hungry, and I need breakfast. <laughs> Let's keep Does going. say you're at Glen Eagles? I didn't say I'm home of the best breakfast yes, in the world. And the menu for sausages. Sausage menu. Sausage Never menu. have I looked at a menu for sausages. <laughs> it's a Frenchman. Hello, I have the sausage menu for you, sir. <laughs> How would you like me to fricassee your sausage? Would you like me to take it to your caravan? <laughs> No. Right, enough. We need to move on. But anyway, as. Tour Tales, have you got anything for us? No, I haven't got any good ones of Tour Tales. Such a referee. I want to tell. Such no. a referee. Did you all get pissed? Oh, sorry, did you all get drunk? Did you all get drunk? <laughs> no. No? No, no, we may have sampled some of the wine on the, the last day. When it finishes, so when it finishes on a tournament like that. All the players go and swap kit. Do you like the referees? Do you swap kit? With... No, I can't because if I swap my kit, I can't get any more. Honestly, I, I have to be quite careful because, like, it's a bit dodgy with sizes at times right. with the kit. So if you give it away, you then have to go back and say, "Oh, can I have another shirt?" And you're never sure what what size. Well, do you not is get your kits? So, did you not get WXV tournament kit? No. No, which I, I did bring up and I did suggest to one they of the tournament. Had WXV on your sleeve, I know, no, no, we should have had the, the WXV colours. Yeah. They're brilliant colour. There's a brilliant colour palette, and I just I. No, but it was more. It was more. All the teams had WXV on yeah. the sleeve of their kit. Yeah, you got... as a ref should have had. Here's your WXV kit. Yeah, no, I got. Um, I've still got my kit from three years ago. Oh my god. That I wear. Yeah. That's terrible. I, I know. I, th- I think we need to. I, I, yeah, I think it's a bigger piece. We we have had conversations about this of of sort of the 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 referee kit has probably been the same for a very long time now, okay. and the design has, has changed slightly. The cut has changed slightly because mm-hmm. you're not got your long sleeves down sleeves. to yeah you've down the, to your. You've got the quarter girly sleeves. Well, no, we haven't. We're, it's still men's kit. Right. So the, the the sleeves are shorter because the men's sleeves are shorter. Yeah. But. Yeah, like it's still it's not it's not women's cut kit, unfortunately. But that again, we're not going to open Pandora's box on that one. Can I also just say, on the final day, I was sat minding my own business with our mate Ian Tempest. Yeah, I like there, lads. Uh, Ian yeah. Tempest, referee, he's fan not, of the podlay sound. Boss. Big shout out for That's our man great, Ian. Um, and You're offside, lad. One of the spectators came up to me and said, "Are you Sarah Cox?" I said, "Oh, yes." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> and Sorry. she was like, "Oh yeah, I listen to your podcast." Shut up in New Zealand. I joke you not. Get on. I know, I know. So big shout out to, to the team down in New Zealand that are listening to our podcast. Hey, I know. Unbelievable, isn't Kia it? Kaha. It's like go well say. in Maori. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, moving oh. on. <laughs> Moving on, because we've had a good old chat about this. Yeah, Henry Slade. So we go off the field. 150, 150 league games. Unbelievable. 150 games in the Premiership. That is 
and he also gets the so so a lot of people what, what happens in the change room is you have your name tag and for your first 50 games your name is in black and then if you go 50 to 100 you go bronze um and then it goes to silver up to 150 and then once you're at 150 your name is written in gold no way yeah. that's unbelievable yeah, it's a really nice it's a really nice touch they've had and then when you when you retire they put your name tag in a box with your shirt so that you get your the whole thing yeah. that's unbelievable yeah. talking of name tags mm-hmm. for the first time in internationals mm-hmm. I had a name tag above my little station in the change room. Did I you know. Keep it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it in my bag. Uh, you, take a, you should have put a photo of it on Insta or something. Oh, no, I should have. I didn't think of that. But yeah. You put that's... everything else on Instagram. No, didn't I don't. You? No. This doesn't. Coxie, he, Coxie no, went this to is... New Zealand on a sightseeing tour as, as far as that Instagram was a good is reel. concerned. I, I put that reel together. It took me forever. I could I mean, not I'll, get my head around I'll, it. I'll, genuinely, I would, I would have lived in New Zealand um, forever if I'd have got my parents out there. How good is New Zealand? Unbelievable. Like, for, for the, just, just... But I, I find it they're a little bit behind with certain things. So oh, yeah, there's we an innocence will... about the place. You can, yeah. leave your, you can leave your engine running, go in the shop, get your stuff and yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not in the big cities, but when but, you get yeah, out of the sticks. Yeah, yeah. And then also, they talk about FPOF, FPOS or F-pos, whatever it yeah. is, yeah. We walk into a shop, you get your phone out, you yep. tap, you've paid for it. Over there, they, you pay a surcharge. Some places don't even have it. Mm. Like, it was baffling. And then you pay a surcharge for these people to work on a bank holiday. Mm. I was like, right, this is different. Mm. Anyway, we digress again. Henry Slade, 150 games. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable achievement. And, and well that's, done But the, the thing lad. is, that's just premiership. And he's done it all at the one club. Yeah. And I'm I'm super proud for the guy because there's very few people that make the rarefied air of 150 league yeah. games for the extra juice. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, it, I, I have a bugbear. You know, they don't count league, cup or um, European games. It's just league. Yeah, moving on. So let's let's get over that one there with all those. Yeah. So where Richard Baxter's on the top list of the most number of starts uh, in the whole of the Prem or, or the whole not the whole of the Prem of any rugby club ever. No, it was uh, Matthew Riley from. Um, Sesley Park, Sesley Truck, who I've played against. Yeah. Um, oh. We're trying to get him on the tour to Bermuda. He's one of six foot three centre, oh, uh, and he's played. He's yeah, but think about it. He's played like four hundred games for his club. Oh, flipping heck! And and it's it's but this thing with, with what Slady's done because he'll be on two hundred Chiefs games with with um, Europe and, and and cup games as well. T- to get that volume of games for one club is is special in the modern day. Because guys now, you know, if it doesn't quite work out for them, they move somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and to see that, you know, the club's motto is Semper Fidelis. And to see Yendel won't be too far behind him if he yeah. isn't already. Uh, yeah. To see these guys with the Semper Fidelis that are always faithful, they're staying with the club. It's very important. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. And it, it, it sets a precedence for, for going forward as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Like, yeah. yeah, fair play to the bloke. That's, that's and a real so nice. Yeah, yeah. He, he is, is really God, nice, and Henry. Ba- and his baby baby is so cute. And that's let Slade he is. He's a, he is genuinely a really nice bloke. And he had a go at me because I hadn't spoken to him for a while. And I was like, yeah, Good. but you're like Henry Slade, superstar. And he was like, yeah, I'm still Slady. I was like, oh, sorry, mate. And, yeah. and the thing is, when these guys become megastars, you're sort of like, well, I should, you know, I should ease off and not like be all... Well, I used to like fangirling. No, I used to give him a hard time, to be honest, because he was, he was this young kid from Plymouth College. And I, I remember when he first came in at Chiefs, and I was not really getting picked. And, and so they put Slady running the second team pack. And, and he ran us around the field. Get around here. do And he was like 17, 18. It's like, <laughs> like, fair dues. Like, you're telling a gnarly old 32-year-old who's played a lot what but to do. But that also dented your ego a little bit. No, I, I, I actually really like that. I, I used to like... One of the things for me is I used to like people thinking for me on the field. Because yeah, I just yeah. go, oh, I'm just going to go forward and hit things. Yeah. And if someone says, Chris, go and stand over there. Ricky Pello kept me going for a couple of years. Yeah. Because he used to be on the sideline. Bentley, get up, do this. I was like, brilliant, thanks, yeah. Ricky. But you used to still hit the ruck three seconds after it had finished. Yeah, if there's someone's head on his show, yeah, totally. In- Take him out. Inspect it. Ruck yes. Inspe- yeah, the absolute ruck inspector. So if we can, I mean, I, I actually had a call. Uh, I went to another game on uh, on Saturday before the Chiefs one, which was the local derby of Withercombe versus Exmouth. Oh, cool. you know, oh, get on. You know you were talking about certain times of year when you need certain people. 11 o'clock on Friday morning, I had the phone call, can you play? It basically, going around the, the, the players looking for a fat bloke who could stop the scrum going backwards, and I was on that list. And as much as I wanted to do it, I couldn't do it, just because I, I, I just felt I could have let the side down because I was lying on the floor for a tackle uh, and had to make another one or, or, or do something like that. I know I could have probably stopped the scrum going backwards because, you know, I'm as large as a house at the moment. Who but, won, though, yeah, Ian? But, Who won? 
what a what a great derby. And I'll get to that. It was Withercombe, their scrum. They went forward and then they scored some amazing tries out the outside. So it was me and John Justice doing the commentary. And we got up to the commentary part. We were all ready to go and the microphone broke. So we just did commentary to each other, which amused us and probably amused everybody else more than actually having to listen to us. I like that. That's unbelievable. Oh, and JJ as well. Is he still going strong? Yeah. Good lad. JJ, Good he's lad. A boy. He's a boy. <laughs> Absolute lad. Remember when he, yeah. remember when he opened his nightclub? Sport. He opened his nightclub in Exmouth and he put a free bar on and we absolutely you, rinsed it. You did, yeah. Yeah, I think you emptied the entire nightclub of like all the The whole bar was covered of Alka Pops and we drank them all. It was amazing. Yeah. Clive Stewart I've Smith came dressed as a letterbox. Very young Sarah Cox wearing a... Um, uh, waistcoat. A waistcoat. Oh, God, yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Yeah. I know. I saw that picture the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know it was pretty terrible. Something like that. Anyway, uh, talking anyway. of my terrible anyway, waistcoat, do, in the bin it no, went. Uh, before we go in the bin, just another one, local local rugby-wise. Um, Plymouth Albion beat Blackheath, and they have got a mega game this weekend away at Ch- Nick Easter's Chinna. Um, Ooh, they up there? It's second plays third. So Rams, this, this is how good National 1 is. Rams, top of the league, yeah. at home to Darlington Moden Park, and Darlington Moden Park beat them. Oof. So the, 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 team, the, the, the top three teams in the league have all lost two, which considering the team that won the league last year had only lost three, and they're about a third of the way through the season. But it's a mega game, so keep your eyes peeled. Plymouth Albion versus Chinner at Chinner, Nick Easter's Chinner. Uh, they've got Sheck Sheriff, who used to play for Plymouth Albion, um, in the second row at Chinna. They've also got uh, George Merrick, who played at Harlequins. I played against him. He's a big man in the second row. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, and a huge emphasis will be on Hallam Chapman, who the Chiefs have just signed from Jersey, who's on loan at Plymouth Ooh. to stand up to the massive pack of Chinna. Yeah, but that? now you've you whinged at the start of this about players going out on loan. Oh no, and no, now no. you're not whinging. No, are I'm not you? whinging. I'm saying there's an onus on him. I still think it's wrong that Plymouth should have signed him, not Exeter signed him, and then give him to Plymouth the season. Because it's ridiculous. It's the it same is, thing. It is. I mean, I could say we could we could do a double in the bin. Go on um, it's a double bubble that all these Premiership clubs that sign loads of players then loan them out for the season. Why are they doing that? Oh, we're not going here and again. Then, we had a yeah, whole. Yeah, we've had this. Haven't yeah, we've had we've this. Had this. Oh, right. yeah. It just it just it just frustrates me. You see. They sign players and then load yeah, them out, yeah, and then the know. players don't have that affinity. We know. I need to you keep, repetition you need, for emphasis. Well, you're just now repetition because you're a boring old fart. So in the bin, referee abuse. Wayne Barnes has resigned, retired from refereeing because retired. he's had enough of the abuse. No, Ian, I said in the bin it needs to be journalists. Why is it relevant that Wayne Barnes gets interviewed about his retirement and every single time they bring up his abuse at the World Cup from John128, who's an who's a nothing somewhere in the depths of X and Twitter. Uh, yes, it happened. It, it was a no one. They're not accountable. And yet every single journalist wants to talk to Wayne Barnes about it as part of his retirement and his amazing career. So, yeah, journalists, they should get in the bin. I mean, fair point. I like Rob Kitson. <laughs> I'm actually going out. For, I'm actually going out for a boozy lunch with him in December. Oh, nice! Yeah. Nice. That is a Christmas party, is it? it is. Rob wouldn't choose it as his leading line because Rob's a gentleman and a fantastic journalist. Oh, so we're so talking so about gutter journalists. It was on BBC News this morning, Wayne Barnes' retirement, talking about his great career, and then the journalist brought it straight up. Uh, uh, and, of course, Wayne's then got nothing else to react. He has to say, yes, it was horrible. Uh, there were abuse of violence, sexual violence towards my wife and my children, and that was part of it. And that really tarnishes a part of his career and his decision to retire. I think he would have retired anyway. And then this has given journalists something for a bit of sensational uh, article that people can talk about. I, th- I think also it, it is important that you highlight the abuse that we get because I, I, at the end of the day, it's not okay. And some of the things that people feel that they need to tell you is disgusting. And you were, you, I don't even know how people think it up. You've got to go to some pretty dark places to come up with some of the things that I've had in my mailbox, but let alone what Wayne has had and some of the other guys as well. And again, it goes back to that point where people's response will be, well, why are you on social media? But why do I have to forfeit that because of my job? I, I, I think there's got to be a way of getting a balance of the two. I think the both of them at the moment, like they're platforms that open up for people to, to have opinions and like I say, go to really dark, horrible places. But I, I think you're right, Ian, is like, the man's had a phenomenal career. He has had a huge impact on refereeing, on rugby, on the world. And I cannot 
explain to you his diligence when it comes to preparation, when it comes to the clips that he used to clip out and have his own library of, the way in which he used to deal with people in his team and the way he used to make you feel a part of his team. The, the review stuff that he did, there was no one better. There was no one better to, to go through all of that and to learn from as well. To lose him out of the game, and I really hope, I don't know what his next steps are, I don't know what his plan he's is. He's a barrister, next. isn't he? So he'll just yeah, he is, yeah. in the law. But he's also, he's, he's got his own company um, that he's involved in with all of that as well. But if you to lose him completely out of the game, I think it will be a terrible state of affairs. So I he'll really do some hope... commentary, hopefully. Hopefully he'll do commentary. But it should have been, so... like, yeah, been like Wimbledon. You know, when the, the, the men's and women's Wimbledon champions dance together, you should be dancing with him. Why? Because you're the top women's ref. No, I'm not. You are. You're the highest ranked women's ref. No, You've I'm... done everything. No, I haven't. You no, have. Haven't. What haven't you done? Um, World Cup final. Have 15s. you not? No. Yeah, but you can't because England are always in them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But, One but day, Barnes... Unless you, you, you renounce your... Could you be another nation? No, not technically. No, so then you're stumped. Oh. Yeah. That, what, that, what that is like, that's like a Disney yeah. tragedy. Mm-hmm. The referee that's bound never to have the World Cup final because her well, nation are happen. always in it. It nearly didn't happen for Wayne, did it? Yeah. So, yeah. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know how the storyline's going to go. I, I hope for his sake that he has a wonderful retirement, has mm. some time with his kids. I have seen firsthand the amount of time that those boys spend away from them. I, I spend a lot of time away from home, but I don't have... A, a you've got me I love you Coxie well yeah I but I haven't, got, I haven't got kids I haven't you know I've, yet yet um, so there's no it's expectation. it's 2023 however you want to live your life you can do that yeah no no absolutely but I'm in a fortunate position where I can lock my little property up mm-hmm. and wander away have myself a lovely time and then come back again yeah. so I, I have seen firsthand what they have to go through the volume of meetings that they are sat on for the hours that they are at god knows what time of the day the travel around the world and in the lead up to that World Cup honestly I, I don't know how they did it I really don't Okay. Um, so yeah I really do hope he has a, a wonderful wonderful retirement we've, we've had a mega a mega show it's great to get the team back together uh, I think the final thing we're going to look at is this week's Premiership Rugby fixtures uh, and I'll get calls from both of you Gloucester Bath oh I'm running touch on that one who's winning you can't say then can you no I, no, I, I, I actually don't know Bath Bath do in Russell if Finn Russell plays Bath, if it's, Finn Russell does in front play, of the shed, Gloucester. West Country Derby, yeah. uh, Bristol Sale, Sale, Leicester Quins. Oh, Quins, Leicester. I don't know what Leicester. Yeah, they've they've had some great games. Falcons, but, oh. Saracens, Saracens, Saints, Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, Ian's going for away wins all the way. We've got people queuing up wanting to get into the studio. We I think have, we yeah. need to stop. We need to get out it's now. Been two locks and a cox. <laughs> Episode 14 in the can. Thanks for tuning in. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X.